Welcome to Ladies Who Health, the podcast for the book smart, but not always street smart health professional. You're joined by Melbourne dentist, Caitlin and Perth physio, Neve. Let's do it. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Neve. They say third time's a charm. Oh, so. my goodness. Third time really is a charm. Oh, my goodness. For those listening at home or anywhere, this is the third time we've recorded this podcast because first time was a practice. Second time was, oh, my God, that was so good. We should change our careers into being podcasters, except for some reason, it only recorded my voice. And so here we are again. <laughs> So look, hopefully we can do it third time. It's going to be beautiful. Let's see how we go. <laughs> Olive Nichols, how was your week? Oh, you know, pretty good. I am working. Um, I'm a physio in Perth. So just, you know, working, working for the money, working for the bread, working nine to five, more like 8.30 or 4.30, but pff, doesn't have the same ring. But Miss Caitlin, you are in lockdown. Is that right? I am, Neve. I am in my sixth lockdown, as is everyone else in Melbourne currently. And it is, it's a bit of a tough time for all of us. I'm lucky I'm still going to work somewhat. There are some restrictions on what I can and can't do as a, as a dentist. Uh, but I am very grateful to still be able to leave my house every day. Actually, I've had some patients coming in and they've sort of just been really excited to come in to the dentist which is really new because uh, no one really likes coming to the dentist but when it's uh, one of those reasons that you can leave your house for it's like oh hi I'm so excited this is all I have on for today like I'm so excited to see you and I just I absolutely love the fact that people are happy to come see me. And so actually I'm kind of loving that facet of lockdown. That's awesome. So good. Like lockdown, doing weird, positive things sometimes, very rarely, but mainly for the dental profession. Changing the reputation of dentists. <laughs> yes. We knew something big had to come and change that reputation. <laughs> COVID-19. Absolutely. And what's also been super funny is that because we have to wear masks wherever we go, inside, outside, um, it's pretty much like the stock standard that when people come in, um, they're just so good at wearing their masks that they sit down in the in the dental chair with their mask on. Uh, and I sort of just look at them and I go, oh, like, you might have to take that off so that I can, I can see what's going on. And they're like, oh, and I think it's the thing ever and it gives everyone a little bit of a chuckle so that's I just really love that that's amazing. <laughs> that's so great but how many times can you do that like like genuine laugh at that joke I mean it does get old but it's new for them so I feel like I have to be like oh that's really funny <laughs> but it's getting it's getting tired it is lockdown number six. <laughs> oh, no. fair enough yes fair so enough. I'm also in a bit of an Olympic withdrawal phase I got really into the Olympics this year and I miss it because now I don't know what to watch I have to wait till uh, the Paralympics on August 24th and like that's just it's ages away still for oh. me 
I'm so excited. Um, well, I didn't really get into the Olympics as much as you this year, but my, uh, so I work within the NDIS and we call uh, people who we see customers. So just as a heads up, I'm going to be calling people customers because um, that's the terminology we use at my workplace. I had a little six-year-old customer come to me and I realized this is like his first Olympics that he's going to remember, which kind of blew my mind. But anyway, I was like, oh, mate, have you been watching the Olympics? And he's like, no. I was so shocked. And he's like, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, mommy, daddy, and I are waiting for the Paralympics, which I just love because he's a little love and he's waiting for the Paralympics. And like, it's just so inspiring. And I just love it so much. So yes, I'm really looking forward to the Paralympics because that is like, that's my jam. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. I'm I'm super excited for that as well. Hey, Neve, if you had been in the Olympics, what event would you be in? Oh God, that's a tough question. I mean, look, I am one, I'm a, I'm a rare breed. I'm a physio, but I don't really get into sport or exercise very much. <laughs> I got into physio because of like the, I like you're the exception. I'm the exception to the rule. I'm not very sporty. So I don't think I really have the physical skills to do any, any of it, but like, I reckon I'd be like a really good cheerleader at the Olympics, not the ones doing all the flips and whatnot, like in gymnastics, but I could like, I'd get really hyped to be like, yeah, go team, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie and all that. And like, maybe if like events coordination, like I could organize people at the Olympics being like, Aussie, yours in the pool, you know, in China, like go over there and Belgium over there. Like I could just <laughs> tell people where to go because I'm bossy. So you want to be <laughs> one of the fantastic volunteers at the Olympics. You don't want to compete. That is completely right. Yes, yes. That it takes it. a village. It, it absolutely does. I just Olympic village. The amazing Olympians um, who are there, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be there. What about you? Do you think you could, you could get to Olympic level? What sport would you be in? Uh, Olympic level of procrastination, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really think that I am the type to become an elite athlete. Uh, well, obviously not. <laughs> But I just would really enjoy being a spectator at the Olympics. Yeah, but you've it? recently gone to rock climbing though. So like you're going to be in the news of rock climbing. I don't quite think that I could hold a candle to these speed climbers who are scaling walls of like 15 metres in seven seconds. I think I mentioned this to you the other day when we were just having a, a phone chat, but I think personally think that the Olympics should come with a like an extra lane for example like in swimming there should be an extra lane and there should just be like a lay person swimming or like on track and field there should be an extra track for like a lay person so that you can see the comparison because sometimes when you're at home and you're watching these people you're like go faster why aren't you going faster like oh I could do it better and there's no way in hell that I could do it better. But at the time, you're just like, why aren't you moving faster? Oh, my God. I just love when you're watching the diving and you immediately become a diving expert and you're like, oh, terrible entry. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even jump off that 10-meter board. Like, that is terrifying to me. If you're having, you know, just a, your average average Joe up there, it'd be the person doing this beautiful dive and the other one going, and now, and now. I'm trying to, like, hype myself up. <laughs> Yeah, I actually find the opposite with diving for me because I don't really know too much about diving. Every time I watch them, I'm literally like 10, 10, 10. That was immaculate. And then the scores come up on the screen and they're like 5.5, 5, 6. <laughs> like, 
I don't understand. They looked amazing. They look seamless. I could never do it. I would be still up on the uh, up on the diving board, like teetering off the edge, looking down, being like, oh, this is so scary. <laughs> oh dear. Too good. Well, should we move on to some medical news from the week? Yeah. Tell me yes. what's news. What would you like? A burger story or a burger story? Uh, I'll lock in a burger story. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, folks. Okay. So there's a story out there at the moment that there is a woman who took a bite of a stacked KFC burger and she dislocated her jaw because the burger was like too high. Yeah. Oh, oh. like it gives me like the heebie-jeebies. Like I can't, ooh, gives me shivers. My Um, jaw hurts to think about that. I know. I was researching the story and I just kept like holding my face. Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, she took a bite and basically her TMJ joint, like the joint that, uh, so you're better at saying it than me. I get stumbled in my words, temporomandibular. That's perfect. Temporomandibular, oh. but I love you said temporomandibular <laughs> joint. joint. Yeah, I did. <laughs> TMJ joint. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a classic for that. I always feel like I have to specify the joint, even though J is in the thing. Anyway, so her jaw dislocated. So on the bottom, the lower jaw dislocated as she tried to take a bite. She's had multiple, multiple surgeries, screws put in to kind of put her jaw together. She's had chronic pain. She's ended up having the left side of her jaw replaced. Which is just ridiculous. But she's doing something for public health. She's trying to like get fast food venues to reduce the size of their food so that it doesn't happen to other people. So she's trying to do like a PSA, but also just take a smaller bite or pull it up. I I don't know. But like, I get it. Like, half sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if that is necessarily the next thing to do, but I love that she's trying to help other people. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that fast food venues reduce the size of their food. Absolutely. Like, um, but like, I, oh, I, we're both like holding our jaws at this story because it really does sound awful. Like, you know, when you take a big bite and you can feel your jaws go, like it's like, it's like that little Oh, it's awful. But look, if you do have um, any TMD, which is the disorder, the temporomandibular joint disorder, um, you can go see lots of different people. There are lots of health professionals out there, like physios, dentists, um, any other health professionals I'm missing in that. Because it's like, it's a whole team to help you with this. It's multidisciplinary, absolutely. Yeah, yeah which is our favourite word in health, multidisciplinary. It's, a, it's <laughs> As we've already said about the Olympics, it's a village and that is health for you. So, um, <laughs> you know. It's a really to- lovely analogy for health. <laughs> it's a village. <laughs> village i don't know about um, you but i'm literally just thinking of like village people, village people? Like, young man da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness i think we're getting a little bit sidetracked um, news piece this week is that in victoria as of a few days of, ago uh people aged 18 to 39 can walk in or make a booking to get the astrazeneca vaccinated and it's now yeah. at all 50 of the state's uh, vaccine clinics and it will soon be available through their drive through clinics and mobile clinics as well, which is super, super exciting because if we continue on this current trajectory of vaccinations, the research suggests that we should be 80% vaccinated as a population over 16 by December this year. 
That's so exciting. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, I'm so, oh, that's so exciting. Yes. <laughs> it's so, so exciting. Uh, the total amount of doses given so far are 15 million. Uh, people that are fully vaccinated is 5.25 million, which is 20% of the population. And Neve, you and I were lucky enough to have early access to the vaccine because both of us are health professionals. Uh, I guess I wanted to ask you, how was your experience with it? Uh, it was great. Well, part of it was. So I was lucky enough to get the Pfizer vaccine. First dose, easy, no worries. Second dose, I did actually have a reaction to. I got quite a bad fever that lasted for about 24 hours. And that was, you know, not fun. I did have to have a day off work, but then I was completely fine after it. I like felt so good the next day because like, you know, that post-sickness glow, I feel like it's like, mm. you know, the pregnancy glow, it's the post-sickness glow. I went and did like two workouts back to back that day and I don't oh, do exercise. So it was a really big fine. deal for me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a model, you know, I'm gonna live forever now. So while I had a semi-bad reaction, I feel amazing. What about yourself, Caitlin? I also had the Pfizer vaccination. I had a small reaction to the first dose where I just had a bit of a sore arm, uh, nothing major. I was still able to work. And then the second dose, I was completely fine afterwards. And I just went about my days as normal. So 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. Absolutely. <laughs> Even with the reactions that we had, Still would 10 out of yeah. 10 recommend if you can. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. If you can and it's something that you feel comfortable with because I know that not all of us in our age group are eligible for the Pfizer vaccination and there is a lot of, you know, controversy around the AstraZeneca vaccination and all of that. Um, you know, talk to your GP and discuss mm. the right move for you. One of our friends who's not in the health field whatsoever, he's an accountant, he went on the first day that it was available and he got the AstraZeneca vaccine because it, it was right for him. So, you know, if it's right for Yay. you, you know, please get it. And absolutely see you in person I, yeah, I guess at the end of this, hopefully. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. But, yeah, definitely go talk to your GPs. If you have any concerns, go talk to them. They are, they are there to help you. If you have concerns, they can chat to you about it. So would highly recommend. All right. Well, Neve, so... As part of this podcast, we really wanted to showcase different uh, young health professionals, specifically females. And so we've actually got an interview with a fabulous young health, female health professional today. Uh, oh, who have we got this week? Of Neve Nichols. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Neve surprise! just, I'm so surprised to start off with. And uh, we're going to warm up with a quick five five, which uh, is just five questions that I want you to answer without thinking too hard. So, okay. Neve, what is your coffee order name? Uh, my coffee order name is Eve because the name Neve is too confusing. If you weren't a physio, what would you be? I think if I wasn't a physio, I'd be like either a teacher or um, Broadway star. Mm-hmm. What is your favourite exercise as a physio to prescribe? Squats. Ooh. When in doubt, squats. Yes. Uh, what is your go-to drink on a night out? Bowl of Prosecco for the table or a margarita if they have one. Mm. And, Neve, what is your favourite work gadget? We don't really have a lot of work gadgets. Like, we, we 
mainly a hands-on, oh, no, wait, no, a toy, the catapult. I love the catapult. It's so much fun. I get kids to stomp and fly things through the air. It's super fun. It's, it's uh, does it is it what it sounds like, a literal catapult? It's like a piece of plastic with, like, like a seesaw but not even so it's longer on one end and I get yeah. the kids to stomp on one end and it flies toys up and then they catch it. I'm just imagining some 90s movie I don't know why with like a piece of toast with like jam on it and then like like this lever and it catapults and it sticks the toast onto the wall. Is it Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Is that is that what happens? In Honey? Maybe. I don't know. I just I get that vibe I don't know anyway yeah getting sidetracked because that's what we do. The catapult, fantastic. Well, moving on to the main questions. Neve, you and I have seen this meme around which sort of has six photos in a grid. It's pretty dated now. It has like a job title. So, for example, for you, it would be physio. And it goes, um, what my friends think I do, what the public thinks I do, um, what blah, 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 etc. So I would like to ask you, as a physio, what do your friends think you do? What do your patients think you do and what do you actually do? So I think my friends, I don't really know what my friends think I do because um, I, I, I talk a lot. So they, they basically know. I think my friends kind of think maybe I play games. Well, no, I, that I like run a lot during my job. Like I'm running with kids a lot, which is semi-true. Like I do run a lot, but I'm kind of running around after kids all the time. My patients, I think they think I do a lot of stretching or can magically fix things sometimes. And sometimes, you know, if I say to people I'm a physio, they think that I diagnose a lot of things like a sprained ankle or sore back. So people often think that's what I do when I say I'm a physio. But what I actually do is that I work with people on the NDIS across the lifespan, so kids and, and adults. And basically I work with them to maximise their physical potential. So um, I get them working on their independence, their mobility, keeping their muscles strong and long. And with the kids, I get to do it in a really fun way where we basically just play games. And I like, you know, keep going, oh, I dropped something on the floor. Can you pick that up for me? And I make them do squats, you know, by that way, you know, so it's tricking kids into exercising basically. That's amazing. So what drew you to physiotherapy? Because the listeners won't know this, but your dad is actually a doctor and your mum trained in dentistry. Yes. So yeah, as you said, my dad is a doctor. He's an obstetrician and gynecologist and fertility specialist. He met my mum at uni uh, when she was doing dentistry. Mum, uh, as, as you mentioned, she studied in dentistry, but she did not have the fine motor ability to be a dentist, which she recognised pretty early on, but got her degree and worked for a bit, but realised, no, no, this is not for me. And so now works in like helping the admin side of training med, uh, new doctors, which is really cool. My sister's a nurse, my aunties and cousins are all nurses, so a lot of health around me. Always knew I wanted to go to uni and uh, wanted to help people because I was very inspired by my family of helping people. I loved science in high school, so I was like, maybe something else, science, that'll be great. And then I was like, OT. I saw it in a book somewhere and I was like, hmm, what on earth is an OT? Still can't answer that question. Um, <laughs> um, 
We will get to that in a later episode. <laughs> you self plug, yeah. We'll get to that in a later episode. But did work experience with an OT and they said, nope, you've got a brain for a physio. Sprained my ankle, went to see a physio and I realised that that was the environment I wanted to work in. I just fell in love with the workplace. Like I was like, this is amazing. I loved being able to like the social aspect of being a physio you chat with so many different people um you get to know so many cool people you get to do hands-on work you're walking around you get to like you and you get to help people you get immediate responses out of like making them well hopefully making them better um which is awesome so and I'm pretty like goal and like outcome driven so be able to see like I made your ankle feel better you know I made your back better I made your hamstring a bit longer today you know stuff like that so yeah, that's I, that's what drew me to physio. Absolutely, I love that. You mentioned that we interact really closely with lots of people as as health practitioners. Have you ever had a really awkward encounter with a patient? Oh, honestly, there's so many to choose from. Um, but I think one of the very memorable one that was very awkward, but also semi-flattering, but like a bit odd, was when I was working in the hospital in Warrnambool, the country town where we met. And I was on the orthopedic ward. I had a lovely old lady who I was seeing. She had like, I think a total knee or a total hip or something. She was delightful, really nice. I loved going to see her. We're having chats. And she just kept like complimenting me, which was lovely. Like I was, you know, I was like, oh, you know, a little compliment on my on my looks. And I was like, okay, that's nice. You know, thanks. Oh, you're you're lovely too, blah, blah. And then just every time I'd go in and I had to go in two times a day to see her, it just got kept getting more and more personal, like all these compliments. And then by the end, I would walk into her room and be like, hi. And she's like, oh, it's my peaches and cream girl. Cause she was really obsessed with my skin. And she was like, your cheeks are just always so lovely and rosy and you've got beautiful pale skin. She's like, it's my peaches and cream girl. And I was like, I need to leave. This is so uncomfortable for me. Like it was really nice, but it was also just so uncomfortable. I was like. I mean, it is a nice compliment to be told you have really nice skin. It was very nice. And I was very grateful the first time, but about by time seven, I was like, I just was like, so how, how's your knee feeling? Like, I just completely disregarded it. But she kept saying it and I was just very awkward. At that point, I was very much a stressed new grad. I think now I probably would be a bit better at going like, that's nice, bit inappropriate though for the setting and like make a bit more of a joke out of it. So lots of awkward encou- encounters, but um, nothing, nothing too bad. Stuff that I can tolerate. All part and parcel of the job. Basically, yeah. Basically, is there anything that as a physiotherapist you wish the public knew about I guess physiotherapy or being a physiotherapist I guess I just want people to know that like physios physios aren't sadists I think that's a very common perception that people have of us at least when they come to see us they're very much like oh, you put me in so much pain and like, oh, you, you like it. And look, we, whenever I'm like massaging someone or stretching someone, or, you know, if I was um, trying to, you know, diagnose something earlier on in my career when, you know, I was doing other things, something hurts. It's really good feedback for us. And we feel really guilty. Well, at least I feel very guilty. <laughs> um, like every time someone gives me pain face and I will often like, 
a lot of my customers at the moment are nonverbal and I have to rely on pain face. I feel so bad. And it's also annoying because it's like, I have to stay in a slight amount of pain when stretching people. Like we have to have a little bit of like, like a gentle stretch is not comfy. Like it's not, it's not something that you want to do, but we do need to be doing it. Just know that we don't like it. We don't like putting you in pain. We feel very guilty. And, you know, we get why people don't want to come see the physio because you have to work really hard sometimes or you put in pain. So I am, I apologize on behalf of physiotherapists, but <laughs> to help. So we're not sadists, we promise. I love that. Uh, speaking as someone who does go and see a physio for my back, I love love, love, love my physiotherapist because I always know that maybe not immediately after and definitely not during, but maybe that afternoon or the next day, my back feels infinitely better. And it makes me so grateful to be out of pain. And it, like, I love my physio so much and I'm so grateful for everything that he does. So it's not equal terrible all the time I suppose it's not my favorite phrase and a lot of the times it's not good but no pain no gain in some situations it works but not in all situations I will often say don't always go no pain no gain because sometimes pain is actually telling you something but um, (laughs) in other cases no pain no gain yes you need to push through a little bit (laughs) I don't really know too much about I mean aside from through yourself and other physiotherapist friends that I have I don't actually know too much about the physiotherapy world and I've always wanted to know because there's so many terms out there and different job titles it can be quite confusing to know what the difference is between a physiotherapist a physical therapist an exercise physiologist and a personal trainer so I was hoping you could shed some light on what each of these roles are and how they all work together or if they actually do work together well Great question. Um, I um, only know what I know. So like some people might go, Neve, that's wrong. And that's totally fine. I, I fully accept being wrong. But to the best of my knowledge, the difference between a physiotherapist and a physical therapist is the country. So my understanding is that physiotherapist is Australian and a physical therapist is American. So that's what I say that a physiotherapist is a physiotherapist and a physical therapist is a physical therapist yeah I went to go see my physical therapist and oh yeah just went and saw the physio for, for me back you've got it Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> we're really good at accents I really love that we go super ocko with the Aussie accent that we already have so one's American one's Australian that's I could be wrong. Happy for people to tell me I'm wrong. International listeners, uh, let me know. Difference between exercise physiologist and a physiotherapist. I think one of the crucial parts there is that physiotherapists are slightly more medical and like diagnoses kind of area. So like we can diagnose what lig- what ligaments are injured in a sprained ankle, um, where an exercise physiologist can sometimes get a pro- like get um, a diagnosis from a physio and go, okay, we'll work on a program to work on this and they can create their own program. Um, so when I say program, I mean like exercise program or home exercise program, stuff like that. And they can implement it. Exercise physiologists also work in like cardio rehab. So they can work in hospitals, which is really cool. So in Warrnambool, we had a couple of exercise physiologists who were great um, and could like monitor 
oxygen levels and heart rate and do some cardio rehab with all that kind of stuff. But physio got more into like the actual hospital where exercise physiologists stayed in the community. So I think that's probably the major difference that I've experienced. And so exercise physiologists also do a degree. So they get a degree in exercise physiology. Personal trainer is not a degree. I don't know what you have to do to become one, but it is not university, I don't believe. They're more often seen at gyms, but we utilize personal trainers quite a lot, you know, to go, okay, can you, I'll write a program for them and say, can you please implement this? Sometimes they'll like add a bit more or less because they can really monitor that sort of stuff as well, which is great, really good for technique because they're in the gym every day. So they really know like how an exercise should be done and how people are going to stay safe. And like, we should be using at least, I only really worked with exercise physiologists in one job in the hospital. I think they should be used a whole lot more. I think they're amazing and they're really great. So I really want to work more with them in my future career because I think they're fabulous. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you're all little cogs in the big wheel of yeah we're all really just like really into muscles we're like yeah let's get that like serratus anterior really strong Mm." (laughs) do you have a favorite muscle Neve? (laughs) um uh glute med gluteus medius it is my favorite muscle because it is so important and often weakens so many people and makes such a difference it's so good for the lay person where is that where is that located? I really just said that like I thought everyone would know where it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. So in your bottom, in your buttocks, you've got three gluteal muscles. You've got your gluteus maximus, your gluteus medius, and your gluteus minimus. Gluteus maximus is the one that you can see. and The badonkadonk. The badonkadonk, that's it. And underneath that, it's got glute med, so like kind of coming in horizontally from the hips behind. So like Caitlin can see because I'm moving my hands. But like <laughs> in really like in like bodybuilders, you can see it. So you, the hips kind of go like in a little bit. Like they've got the nice round buttocks, but it kind of comes in a bit on the side, like a little dimple. That's hmm. where the kind of glute med is. And glute min, you'll never be able to see. It's very small muscle and as someone who does not, is not well acquainted with butt muscles. I am so lost. This is beyond. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, Look, just know they're all really good muscles. We all want to strengthen them up and they're all in the butt region. And yeah, physio is really like butt muscles. (laughs) That's going to be the the byline. Physio is really like butt muscles. (laughs) Oh no. Have you represented your kind well? I mean, I think so. Like, okay, so in, like, I remember as a first year, this is a vivid memory, the fourth years, the fourth year physio students, they did this video thing where, I can't really remember, they did it, they like parodied Wrecking Ball as like a physio student. And the only thing I can remember from that video, besides it being really funny, they're all bouncing around on fit balls to be the Wrecking Ball, (laughs) which was really funny, was someone did the quote of, when in doubt, just work glute mead. And they pointed at glute mead. And that literally got me through my degree where, you know, we'd have to do these practical exams where they go, so what do you think this um, patient needs here? And I'm like, uh, I really think they need to work glute mead. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> you know and it would just get you through like when in doubt work glute made when in doubt work glute made that and is... often is correct like clinically like it actually makes sense it ties it all together it does <laughs> it's the glue of the body the glute of the body <laughs> <Hi>! um... <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, not my finest work. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Neve, we've talked a lot of, uh, about what you do as a physiotherapist, and it sounds like you're really passionate about your job. What is something that you do outside of physio that you're excited about or that keeps you, I guess, sane and energized and ready to bring all that back into your job during the work week? Yes, you're right. I'm very passionate about physio and I could talk about it all day. But my other kind of passion in life, which I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier in the in the episode, was I love musical theatre. And I currently am involved in amateur musical theatre um, in Perth. Um, I've just started rehearsals for the SpongeBob musical, which is really exciting. And I'm playing Sandy Cheeks. Now, I don't know SpongeBob very well, but apparently she's a squirrel who lives under the water. Caitlin, do you know SpongeBob very well? Uh, I know that he is a sponge who lives in the sea. Um, pineapple? <laughs> And he has yeah. called Patrick, who is a starfish who wears board shorts. We should just change the the name of the podcast to Ladies Who Spongebob. Like, we know so much about Spongebob <laughs> Squarepants. <laughs> Um, yeah so I'm doing that in my spare time it's really great because I get to have my social aspect I get um I do exercise because of the dancing which is great I get to keep my voice in shape which makes me really happy so yeah it's really wonderful and I love music theater so it really really feels all my other cups that I'm not getting from physio but then physio gives me everything else and I've got my family and friends and you know life's life's pretty great I'm I'm pretty pretty happy at the moment all I want is just to be able to see my friends over in Melbourne and my family in Melbourne and give them all a big hug because this lockdown is just awful and I feel like I'm really feeling for you guys so we really <laughs> to here in Melbourne yeah. and what a lovely way to wrap up our podcast thanks so much for Yay. being our first guest taking that big leap and it helps us I guess to test out our format as well we're really happy that you listened. We're still workshopping the format and how everything goes. So if there's something that you liked, let us know. If there's something that you didn't like, let us know as well, because any feedback is going to be super valuable to us. And we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, if you liked the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, get everyone listening in. If you didn't like the podcast, tell your enemies, you know, Maybe they'd like it <laughs> or a little bit of punishment for them. <laughs> if you would like to help support the podcast, the best way to do that is to subscribe, leave us a review. If you're feeling very generous, a sneaky five stars would be greatly appreciated or just listen. We're also on Instagram. So we're at ladies who help come and join us. We'd love to continue any chats there. We look forward to chatting to you soon. See you next time. Bye. Bye. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or constructed as medical or health advice. The information contained in this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. We have done our best to ensure that the information provided on this podcast is accurate and provides valuable information. Regardless of anything to the contrary, nothing should be understood as a recommendation that you should not consult with a medical or health professional to address your particular information. We expressly recommend that you seek advice from a professional. Neither the company nor any of its employees or owners shall be held liable or responsible for any errors or omissions on this podcast or for any damage you may suffer as a result of failing to seek competent medical or health advice from a professional who is familiar with your situation.